It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today's episode, I've got news for you about a new streaming TV service, how much it's going to cost. But before I get to that, there's some interesting news about a non-medical benefit for you getting a coronavirus vaccine. You know, there are people who aren't going to want to get vaccines. Employers are trying to figure out what in the world to do. Should they mandate that their employees, in order to stay employed, get a vaccine? Um, Should they incentivize them with money? A lot of employers are doing that right now, where they're paying people to get a vaccine. And this is going to become something that's very valuable in the job market for a period of time that you're going to be able to get some form there's not a uniform form for it yet but i have mine it's a it's a paper form that is inconveniently a size that won't fit in my wallet that is signed by the person who administers you your vaccine and there's i've only had my first but it shows the date i got it the signature the the person who gave me the vaccine and um then when i got my second one it'll show date the signature and blah 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 and then i'll have my version of a digital passport or whatever they're going to call it and there's a lot of haphazard efforts to have a digital verification that you'll be able to have on your iphone or your android there will also be people with counterfeit vaccine certification saying they've had it because employers are going to be looking for that employers are going to want to reduce their liability risk by being responsible for a a spreader event with coronavirus to fellow employees or to customers and it is going to be something that's going to come up in different ways i saw an item that the dating sites believe that this is going to be one of the main criteria people are going to look for is where somebody is going to say they're you know they've been vaccinated against coronavirus and that will make them safe to date i mean who would have thought that would be a factor but it certainly is going to be one in employment i got my shot baby yeah (laughs) not what people might have thought of in the past is the shot you might have had anyway so um there's going to need to be some kind of (laughs) oh man i lost my train of thought there's going to have to be some kind of standard process so that these are not game they're not forged that people will know that you actually have a valid vaccine result it's obviously going to happen with travel that you're not going to be able to travel a lot of places without proof of having been vaccinated and i keep saying twice you know we're going to have the vaccine it seems almost certain from johnson and johnson where it's going to be a single vaccine that will be all you'll need for corona and we'll see there in the final stages of seeking uh, emergency authorization for the Johnson and Johnson and the airlines are really 
knocking around the idea of requiring that their employees, in order to keep their job, are going to have to be vaccinated. That because of people's fear of travel and being exposed while traveling, that you may see that that comes along next, that the airlines are going to require that you do so. And uh, the International Air Transport Association, IATA, which is the uh, overall trade association for most of the world's airlines, is developing what they're calling the travel pass that will be a document that will be supposedly somehow verified that you've actually had your vaccine and that you are good. And so know that, that this is a breach of traditional medical privacy, that having a vaccine is going to be uh, a clear like green light for a lot of things that go on in our life. And there are people who are very strident that they don't want to take a vaccine and it may force a change in job or profession on your part if you don't want a vaccine. It's time for your questions. You posted for me at clark.com slash ask. And Krista, Joel, who wants to go? I'll Joel, go. Okay. You both were saying you wanted to talk. We're so excited about these questions. <laughs> Uh, Joseph in Florida says, after 21 years in the Air Force and 16 years with the local sheriff's office, my wife and I are retired at 55, thanks to your guidance. We have a home paid for worth at least 300000 We have about 71 acres we bought in Colorado and intend to build a house there and live there permanently. What's the best way to fund the new construction? We have about two hundred thousand in cash, a hundred thousand in a retirement fund, and are about and about five hundred k in stocks that could be sold. Would some type of construction loan or home equity loan on the existing property be a good idea? We both have pensions from military and local governments. We can and do live on. Clark Howard for president in twenty twenty four. Of what the Garden Club? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think there's a uh, that's that ship has sailed for me. So thank you for your service starting at age 18 in the U.S. military and then on to more public service after your long time in the military and the pension you so deserve from your years of service. So you can provide for current income pretty much from the pensions that you have as a couple. So I'm going to make a crazy suggestion Unless the cost of construction of the property you're going to build in Colorado exceeds your savings, I would just pay for building the property you're going to need straight from savings. Don't bother with borrowing money. Don't borrow with a loan of any kind. And having the savings cushion is not as important in your case as it is in others. And particularly having $200,000 in savings earning basically nothing would be money that I would use to build the property. And Krista, was there anything in the post about how much it was going to cost for construction? No. So I'm making an assumption that you're going to spend under $200,000 on building the property. If it is more than that, then uh, the way you handle money, 
I think you'd be fine to deal with the excess on a home equity line of credit against your existing dwelling. Or you could do, if you thought it would take you five years to pay off what you'd need, do a home equity loan, a fixed rate home equity loan for five years against your existing property and use that combination of money, your savings, and what you'd borrow to build that property in Colorado. And I hope you enjoy your retirement years. You have worked hard for our country. You certainly deserve it. Joel? Clark Steve in Ohio says, does it help or hurt my credit score to opt out of pre-screen credit card offers? It has no effect on your credit score to go to optoutprescreen.com, which is a process where you no longer get the junk mail from the banks soliciting you for credit cards. So it has zero effect on the credit you have or your existing credit score to do opt-out pre-screen. One thing that freaks people out at opt-out pre-screen is you have to give your social security number. And the reason you have to do that is that's how credit is granted and is through credit scores. And so that is why you have to give that number to stop the pre-screens. And again, opt-out pre-screen Dot com. Krista? Salsa Pete in Florida wrote in and said, Clark, you always give great energy-saving advice, but I never hear you talk about the upgraded HVAC unit and the importance of SEER rating, as well as mastic sealed ductwork. Older units, 10 sear or below, are watt guzzlers, especially those with three tons and above. Many older homes have great cooling HVAC units, but draw massive power compared to the higher SEER-rated models. In closing, please review the home ductwork. If it is in poor condition, you are cooling the environment and not your home. And in a hot attic, this will create condensation that can create possible mold. Then, as you advised, Clark, add additional insulation to preserve the heat or cooling in your home for savings and comfort. Thank you very much for that post. And I wanted to add something to it, uh, something I first reported on at the CES, Consumer Electronics Show, uh, four years ago, is the air conditioners that are new to the United States, but are certainly not new around the world, that are ductless air conditioners that reduce your bills for heating and cooling by typically 60 to 75%. You don't have to worry about the loss of, of conditioned air to inadequate ductwork. And there was a house that was renovated a block from us that just bypassed their existing HVAC system and they put in the direct air conditioning systems and they, um, they look like a big square fans that go outside a room in your house and these are not window units or anything like this This is just the modern way of doing um, conditioned air in a home and the SER the energy efficiency ratio on these is typically a 40 or above which blows past any traditional central heating and air conditioning system that we have historically been using in the United States. Joel? 
Clark Janice in Georgia says, do you have any recommendations for a company to help run my solo interior design business? I'd love some help with annual taxes and sales, along with the best advice to organize all of my paperwork that I've got involved in this. I'm a very creative person and therefore don't love running the business part. And uh, that's true for many people in any type of business that the administrative side of the business they despise doing. And you can automate things like payroll. That's very easy to do. There are a lot of payroll services now that are set up specifically for from micro-businesses of one person to small businesses up to 19 people at very affordable costs. But a lot of the other administrative things you're talking about that are involved with running your business, your time sounds like it's best used on the creative side of your business. And you might consider hiring somebody who works for you doing those things as a part-time job, figuring maybe a day or two a week to deal with the administrative tasks for your business. Be careful with a new hire, though, um, with access to your bank account information because you start letting somebody get involved in your finances, somebody who seems really on the up and up could end up running away with your business's success and your money. I was going to also have another suggestion, Clark. If you use a program like QuickBooks and if you have an accountant that you can just meet with or someone you can consult with, they could help you set it up. And so it pulls in your accounts and it kind of automates things and it helps you to, once you're set up, to, to be more organized. And thank you, you must read my mind, because I meant to mention QuickBooks and completely forgot. And that's part of the team effect of Team Clark, is we all learn together, we all learn from each other, and I appreciate that very much. And coming up straight ahead on today's podcast, we're going to talk about a rebranding of a streaming service, and which could mean a price increase, but if you do it right, could cut your cost in half. Great to have you here on the second half of today's Clark Howard Show podcast. And I want to talk to you about something that just makes your head spin. And that is if you've converted from the stale, past its date, cable monopoly for video content, satellite content from DirecTV or Dish Network, and you've migrated to streaming, one thing you've given up is the certainty that they're just stuck in the mud. Unfortunately, with streaming, unless you stay on top of it, change is a constant. As all these big, big, big corporations are jockeying for position and your eyeballs and trying to get the pricing right. And so we have one restart after another with strategy. We have price increases in some things, deals on others, um, content going away, content providers going away. And let me make some sense of all this. One thing I want you to know, one of the streaming services for a general uh, replacement of traditional uh, cable monopoly fare or satellite fare, Sling, has raised prices. Sling for a package that at one time used to be 20 a month, that's now 35 a month. So big increases. 
but still much, much, much cheaper. And Sling has always positioned itself as a more affordable alternative compared to the industry bigs, which are YouTube TV and Hulu Live, which are both around 65 a month. Well, then you look at the actual direct content providers. You know, Disney Plus was something all the others were watching closely, and Disney Plus had a rip-roaring, massively successful launch, not just in the United States, but around the world. And so other content providers feel pretty confident that they can launch their own direct-to-the-public streaming services and get you to pay five a month for this one, eight a month for that one, seven a month for this other one, to get content from these big content providers that compete with Disney. CBS was early in this. CBS came up with something called All Access. And All Access is being shut down in another month. It's being replaced by what's supposed to be a much bigger, better streaming service called Paramount Plus. And Paramount Plus will uh, be available to you at an annual subscription rate of 30 bucks if you sign up for it now. You have to use a special code, Paramount Plus, when you check out. And so it's kind of like what Disney did before they launched Disney Plus, where they offered long-term deals. In Disney's case, the deals were three years locked in at an effective $2 and change a month. Paramount is doing the same thing at a cost of what's $2.5 a month, but for a year. So signing up now would be a great idea. Prepay and know you're done with it, that you've got it, and you're getting that special deal. So what are you going to get with Paramount Plus? So it's going to be all the stuff that CBS All Access had, and then it's going to have things that may or may not appeal to you. You're going to have Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, MTV, um, I mentioned Smithsonian, BET, just to name some of the things that it'll have. And what people are more interested in typically now, instead of the channels that will be part of it, they're interested in the shows. And we have a list on our briefing at Clark.com under our streaming TV section that we have just posted in the last week that will bring you up to date on whether or not you want to do the pre-launch discount and buy the one-year deal that you must buy by March the 2nd to lock in that special deal for the 12 months. I know that I will absolutely be doing it because there are some shows on CBS All Access that my wife Lane is all about. And Krista, you've known Lane long enough. What would be... Star Trek? Yes. Uh. Various Star Trek-y things. My wife is, um, is really into it. Forever ago, at a 
casino in Las Vegas, they used to have something called the Star Trek Experience. And I uh, drove Lane over to the casino that was, trying to remember which casino that was. That's changed names a few times since. And so I drove her over to do the Star Trek Experience. And it's something I guess people spend like 30 minutes at. Five hours later, (laughs) I finally heard from her. And she said, I think I'll be done in another hour. What language was she speaking? I don't, she speaks a lot of those Star Trek (laughs) languages. She's watched every Star Trek series there is and knows word for word content from individual episodes. So for her, I've got to have this for her to be able to watch the series. She's never been as big into the movies. It's always been the various TV series, and her favorite is TNG. So, you know what that is? You kind of... Uh, the Next Generation? You got it. Okay. It's her favorite of all of them. <laughs> Jean-Luc Picard. That's her favorite <laughs> character. So, enough about that. It's time for your questions. You posted for me at clark.com slash ask. And Krista, what you got? And Krista, I should point out that you are wearing a Joel shirt today. I did that on purpose. She said it right when she came in. I was like, thank you for wearing plaid, representing. I'm not the only one anymore. Joel's always worn a lot of plaid shirts, and so (laughs) I wore a plaid shirt. So Joel was born in Oregon. That's true. And has always dressed as an Oregonian, even though he left Oregon when you were how many months old? I was like just shy of two. Two years old. And still, that's been part of your persona ever since. You can take the dude out of the organ, but you can't take the organ out of the dude. All right. So, Krista, <laughs> as you are wearing... The- I did that because, if you didn't hear it on the previous episode, Joel announced that at the end of the month he's leaving us. You'll still hear him occasionally before then, but um, he is going moving on to do his own full-time podcast. And we're very proud of you and happy for you, Joel. But sad for Thank us. You. Okay, Terry in Missouri says, when a bank or credit union is adopting an arbitration of claims and disputes and waiver of class action provision, do you advise that we opt out? If you're given the choice to opt out and they not fire you as a customer, yes, opt out. And they they make the process pretty... Uh, involved for you to opt out but you do want the ability to not give up your constitutional rights to the courts you know this is a very unfortunate series of decisions by the u.s supreme court and legislative actions by the congress that have steadily eroded away consumers and employees constitutional rights and allowed us to be forced into kangaroo court arbitrations and if arbitration was run as a uh, system that was not a stacked deck against the consumer or an employee i would not object so much to arbitration i also wouldn't object to arbitration if it was a voluntary action that both sides of a dispute agreed to but this kind of action where it's a punitive action where you force a consumer or an employee into a company-run arbitration where the arbitrators find for the company typically just a whisker under 100% of the time 
is why I find arbitration to be not at all consistent with the spirit of the U.S., why we were founded, how we were founded, and our Constitution. Joel? Clark Frank in Georgia says, I'm looking at wedding venues for my daughter. One that we liked wanted a 50% deposit and the balance six months in advance. Others asked for much less of a deposit and balance payment closer to the event. The high deposit and early final payments seem to be red flags for me. Should we be concerned? So this is standard operating procedure in the wedding industry. And here's a little secret people don't like to talk about. More than one in three engagements break off short of the altar. And people in the wedding industry feel they have no other choice than to require large amounts of money up front and uh, brutal cancellation policies that basically say you walk away from your money if you walk away from your intended. And so the nature of the industry is that you lay out big money up front and that that money, if the venue goes out of business, you lose that money. If the wedding doesn't happen, you lose that money. Now, an alternative that I had very strong pushback from mentioning from people in the wedding industry was I have recommended that people book facilities, not necessarily a wedding facility, but, you know, it could be a hotel or whatever for a party. Don't ever say it's for a wedding. And the contract you'll be asked to sign and the payment terms will be very, very different if it's just for a party than if it's for a wedding. The second you say wedding, the contracts become very, very anti-consumer. So if this is a facility they have their heart set on, know that you have to live with the policies they require and the risks that come with that to your wallet. And Krista? It was very unromantic what I said, wasn't it? <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Linda in Georgia says, I have internet from T-Mobile as a hotspot on my phone. I need cable TV. Do not want a TV and internet package. Just want the major TV stations. What do you recommend? So well, you we were know, talking t- about streaming earlier. Yeah, T-Mobile has its own, for T-Mobile customers, has its own video stream service now. And... Uh, I get so confused about the branding of it and the cost and all the rest of the T-Mobile streaming service, but it's one that would be a very viable option for you as a T-Mobile customer because it does not have anything that makes it just absolutely fantastic as a streaming service that makes it somehow vastly superior to others but it is made to order for people who are t-mobile oriented in addition t-mobile has a fast-growing internet service around the country called t-mobile home internet that's a very catchy name that is fifty dollars a month for unlimited data krista you've been testing t-mobile home internet at your home for the last six months, I guess? A few months now, yeah. And giving it an A to an F, what grade would you give it as an internet service for a home? I'd give it an A if you're close to the unit. 
But if you have a huge home, unless, I mean, you could get we, repeaters. We haven't tried that yet with this one. We've used it with, a, with our other internet service. But to have the true like 5G, the really fast that you would run something like this off of, um, you need to be at least in the same room or next room. So this is perfect for an apartment dweller or someone in a smaller home. Absolutely. To have the $50 T-Mobile home internet. And uh, look at the T-Mobile video product. Look at the pricing of it and see if that would work for you as a choice that you'd be happy with. And I hope you're happy with our podcast and you're enjoying it. Thank you so much for being a part of Team Clark. If you need more advice, please check out our free Consumer Action Center line at 470-284-7137. It's open Monday through Thursday to answer your questions about your wallet. And if you want to know the hours and all the specific information, go to clark.com slash CAC for Consumer Action Center. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast and let us know how you like what we're doing.